0: We have now added a new and revolutionary increase in destruction. Des and Troy. You see, when you put them together, they destroy. We got company. Hang on. Welcome in, folks. It's the Daily Destroyer DFS show, Dynasty Warzone Network. I'm your co-host, Tyler, at FFTylerO. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Lou. Breaking down week 18, DFS, folks. I know week 18 does not mean a lot to people who are playing in the fantasy world. Most of those dynasty leagues, most of those redraft leagues are done. Let's turn to some DFS. This is a prime DFS week because we are still itching to get that football in, but the fantasy season is over. Never fear. We are here to deliver that cashing content. Got a lot packed into the show here today. There's a lot to talk about in terms of maybe some players or teams that are going to be resting. There's a lot of incentives on the line for players. So we're just going to jump right in to the quarterback position. Starting off at quarterback, Lou, favorite play.
1: For this week, I think I'm right now leading Huntley, um, fifty seven hundred, and they're going to be at home. This should be a game that both teams want to win, and he's How shown the last few weeks. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's going to be back and forth. It's not going to be one team is sitting guys, and th- this is what we're going to have kind of a theme this week where um, some of these matchups people are going to be sitting, or if they get ahead, you might see people sitting the fourth quarter. Uh, and that's what's kind of exciting about week 18 is, is a little more of the tilt factor involved in some of these. And there's also incentives out there as well, which we'll, we'll get to, but um, yeah, Huntley just, he has a floor of 40, 50 rush yards, which is always solid um, as a quarterback compared to some of these other quarterbacks in that range that are not really mobile in any way. Um, he's not the type of guy who we're expecting to throw for over 300 passing yards. Uh, but it's a pretty good matchup against the Steelers. And the likelihood is, is he's going to be involved in a lot of the ways that the Ravens want to score touchdowns. And he has the upside of rushing touchdowns, with with a pretty decent floor where the 40 to 50 rushing yard floor is equivalent to another quarterback who's less mobile getting an, a touchdown. So um, to me, that puts him at a pretty level playing field. And then there's Taysom Hill is at 6,200, which is a very similar play, but you're getting 500 savings by going to Huntley. And one thing we'll get to is there's not a ton of places for savings on this slate. Um, another interesting guy that, would kind of want to hear your take on cuz we did it last week um is Trey Lance like mm-hmm. as of now it seems like he's going to be uh the starter in this game another sort of must win game um he's now up to 5500 did he show enough to you next week uh last week to potentially be ahead of Huntley I th- I still think I'm leading Huntley there
0: I'm leading Huntley I I I think Jimmy G I don't know. I, I, at this moment in time, I haven't heard anything to guarantee Trey Lance is going to be ready to go playing. If, I, I don't know at this moment. You know, if they came out and said that, hey, Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback. Um, you know, I think, you know, 5,500 for Lance, we can make the case. But I think it's pretty safe at this point in time, at least in your cash builds, um, to have Tyler Huntley there. 5,700, you know, like you said, good matchup. Both these teams are playing for – I mean, there's a chance that, you know, a team wins here and doesn't make the playoffs, but they definitely can't make the playoffs if they lose. So, in the end of the day, they're playing for the playoffs, a chance at the playoffs, 5,700. You know, he's to me, Huntley's got an 18- to 20-point floor, you know, and we've seen him go over 30 DK points already this year. So, it's, it's a pretty easy um, decision for me. Even if Trey Lance is starting um, – Probably still going the Tyler Huntley route in this one. Um, one of the guys I want to talk about, real, because we talked about some of the guys up up at the top of this, and two stick out to me the most. That's going to be Josh Allen, of course, at eighty one hundred, but then Kyler Murray at seventy four. I mean, we know that the Buffalo Bills are playing the Jets, but this is an absolute must win situation here for the Bills because, in the end of the day, like they are, they are playing for an AFC title. Um, they're playing to make sure that they have a home game in the first round of the playoffs. So this is a situation where, although the, the, it could be a bit of a blowout, I expect the, the Bills to keep their foot on that pedal. And then Kyler Murray, uh, on the other side of things, is a more of an expensive quarterback. You know, they still have a chance to win the NFC West here. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, this is a pretty big situation here against the Seahawks. Um, they'll be playing at the same time as the Rams. So these are both, you know, Kyler and Josh Allen are both quarterbacks that are on the upper end of pricing, uh, but we both clearly know that they have thirty-five point plus ceilings, rushing and whatnot, good throwers. So, your thoughts on Kyler Josh Allen?
1: To me, as far as like building out a lineup on DraftKings, I probably prefer Josh Allen um, of the two because I think people are going to look at this game against the Jets and one way that you've been able to just crush the Jets this year is, is running the ball. So I think people are looking at this game, thinking that the bills might run more when um, what we know is a lot of the games, the bills, just everything they do goes through Josh Allen. More recently, they've done a lot more in the run game, but um, I think he's easier to stack with as well. One thing we talked about before the show is um, Kyler Murray, he has a lot more options to spread the ball out and he also does it with his legs as well. Um, But I do think that $700 difference could keep some people off. There is it's a weird narrative, but people do like to click the top name on the list. Mm -hmm. So um, the fact that Josh Allen is the top name, I think people will see that and notice it and, Murray's a little more buried. I don't think Murray's going to not be played or anything. Like you said, this game is one that both teams are going to want to play hard. And the Cardinals, after that crazy start they had, like, um, they definitely want to try to win this division. And um, now that the, they could potentially not make the playoffs at all, right? If mm-hmm. they were to lose this game, Ooh. the Cardinals. Um,. Or can it not go that far? No,
0: I don't think. No, they they they're going to make the playoffs no matter what. It's just okay. going to be a two or like a five seed, right? So
1: the fact it's that it's home, home get, they're like, playing
0: for home. They're playing for home field advantage,
1: right? Like a home game is is pretty big in in playoffs, and um, you know, it's, it's a two seed is also issues. two.
0: A two seed is also two straight home games. So they're playing for two straight home games or no home games.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, in in games where they handle games and, and do well it usually goes through Kyler Murray so both both of these quarterbacks like a strong offensive game is going to go through them so I'd like both of them if I'm going to be paying up and not going down with with the Huntley um, Taysom Lance kind of range uh, but we've seen it more recently that that Kyler's had some okay running but he hasn't been running like he like past seasons, what you'd um, expect. which somewhat lowers his, his upside. Um, he does have like the first three games of the year. He had a rushing touchdown, in each of them, but um, he hasn't really been getting as many rushing touchdowns as we've seen in the past. And in, in like multi r- rushing touchdown games versus Josh Allen. Like we saw it just uh, last week. He had two rushing touchdowns. Um, so to me, I think right now I'm probably leaning Josh Allen, and part of that it has to do with just the construction is going to get get you a little different than other people and the ability to get off of uh, Singletary Chalk. Uh, also, stacking with Murray is going to get you off of the Connor Chalk. So they're both very similar plays to me, but um, I think just being able to pay up more, is going to differentiate your lineup with the Allen stack, that I am probably more likely to do that.
0: Let's talk about Tom Brady, though, real quick in, in, in this Buccaneers game, uh, Buccaneers-Panthers. It, it, it's interesting on a couple spots. I'm not going to go too deep into detail for the sake of time, but Tom Brady is 7,500, the third highest-priced quarterback, rightly so. But you look at the Buck situation, they've already clinched the NFC South, but they can't get the buy. The bye is out of the equation. but. They can finish as high as two or I think as low as five or maybe four, but I will just say four. And it's really just a, uh, you know, a pride thing, like what seed they are, because they're going to have home field advantage. Right. So, you know, do they ball out, go all out, or do they, you know, if they get ahead, do they sit their starters, but there's a lot of incentives, like there's incentives all over the board here um, for a lot of different players. And we'll probably touch on them a bit, but Tom Brady, He's sitting at about a million dollars in incentives between like passer rating, yards per attempt, completions. Um, Gronkowski is sitting at one point five million dollars in incentives in terms of receptions, yards. Like, for example, Robert Gronkowski takes home a million dollars in incentives with seven catches for 85 yards. Um, he also needs three touchdowns for another half a million, but that's not as likely. And then also Mike Evans. He needs 54 yards to to have uh, eight straight 1,000-yard seasons. So between the incentives to Brady, the incentives for Gronks, you know, the 1,000-yard season for um, Evans, and then the fact that they're, they're rolling up Keyshawn Vaughn, like, you know, res- all respect to the guy, but, like, you know, he hasn't really played much this season for a reason. It, it leads me to believe that the Bucks are going to throw through the air. And that's kind of what they've been doing most of the, this year. Anyways, they've been leaning on the pass. So it's a little tricky situation considering I'm not really sure what they're going to do. Cause it, they can't really necessarily improve their lot um, with a victory, but they can get technically a higher seed, which looks better. And there's a lot of incentives on the table. Your thoughts on Tom Brady in this situation.
1: Yeah. I think just from what I was just talking about, like, people aren't going to want to click Tom Brady's name at 7,500. It's last game of the season, and I think he's the type of player at his age, and just in general we've seen it before, where if someone is going to sit out the fourth quarter, he's one of the leading candidates. But we've also seen him get get his guys their incentives. Um, I believe is Antonio Brown last year, that that was big on it where he needed like 10 catches Mm -hmm. him and like godwin i think both needed it so the fact that the bucks have a bunch of guys who who have these incentive potential to hit and one thing that's made you money a lot this year is brady double stacks so i'm not going to play him in cash but i think he's a phenomenal play in tournaments because people don't want to do it and he's going to come in at potentially the lowest ownership um at least in in recent weeks because people are going to play out the narrative that he doesn't need to play all four quarters uh and I mean if if they really push for it if there was anybody who's going for four hundred and eighty eight yards to get to get this record I feel like Brady the, is the one too. who would go for it. And they yeah. like Bruce Arians with It, I mean they're on like a third string running back. They don't need to run the ball at all. And they, um, they never
0: need to run the ball, right? The, the ball only thing holding secondary. them back
1: is the Panthers' defense has been all right this year in, in stopping people from but the, Bucks elite, up like that. the Bucks are elite, The Bucs are elite though. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So to me, like wow. A Brady Evans Gronk snack is expensive, is the problem. Like it's none of these guys you're getting with him are going to be very cheap. So you're going to have to find savings elsewhere, which I mean, there there's definitely ways to do it. Um, And like, even on the other side of the ball in that game, like on a lot of the Panthers guys are cheap. So I like Brady from the simple fact that, I mean, even when we were talking earlier, like outside of those main, like four or five quarterbacks that we already talked about, none of these other guys really do it for me. So at least Brady, like we know, can get we've seen him throw for 500 yards in the Super Bowl haven't we so I mean Brady's the type of guy who if they're gonna push for some weird narrative he seems like he only has so many years left and so many more chances to actually get records um and we've seen him hit records from like career-long stuff but um Man, for him to to beat Peyton Manning in another record, uh, you know that's in the back of his head. Yep.
0: We, we have a lot to talk about with running backs, so I wanted yep. to keep the qu- quarterbacks brief here.
1: Um, pool of three QBs. I'm Huntley, Kyler, and Allen. Couldn't talk into Brady there. It's okay. It's Brady four? Um, I, I I'm going to play him in, in like a tournament team. But it's hard for me, I think like I I play it in a bigger field. Like if I usually do like small field, like single entry stuff. Um I think Brady I would do in like if I'm doing a, a three entry, like three max mm-hmm. something, I'd probably do like Brady, Kyler, and Allen. But I think if I'm doing single entry, I don't know. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Brady threw for five hundred yards, but it's hard to like straight up bet on it.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Going over to running back, man, this is an interesting slate. There's a lot going on here, a lot to talk about. Tough to be concise. Um, I think we've spent a lot of time off air talking about what we're doing at running back. So, um, you know, let's let's start with just, you know, towards the top, just kind of a, a way to start it here. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor, 9,300. You know, we know what he's capable of. That there's really no question of what this guy can do on the ground. They're playing the Jags. It's a pretty damn good matchup. And the Colts are in a situation um, where they haven't even clinched a playoff spot yet. So they're, they're going all out against the Jaguars. So there, there's a world where, where we see, you know, the um, Jonathan Taylor absolutely bust it wide open. And then on top of that, Jonathan Taylor needs 266 rush yards to hit 2K. Is it, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's, you know, is it unlikely? Probably. But at the same time, like Jonathan Taylor is more than capable of getting 266 rush yards. So there's a little bit of incentive for hitting that 2K mark. Um, but there's a lot of incentive for the Colts to simply win this game. But the pricing is right. 9,300 is quite expensive, especially with some of these other running backs on the slate. Your thoughts at playing this Alpha JT 93?
1: Yeah, this one, I have a little tougher time going to the narrative. Over 200 rushing yards, I think, is a lot harder than over 400 Passing yards um just like the general idea um he could easily run the ball 35 times if they really want to force it but even at even at that like he still needs to pretty much break off a big run to get there um because even at like 35 rush attempts that's still an average of seven and a half rushing yards so um I wouldn't be playing Taylor for that narrative per se, but it's more the idea that the likelihood of get him getting a hundred yards and multiple touchdowns is pretty high in this game. And so, um, not necessarily playing it as the, he's getting 200 rush yards, but it's more like playing it as, I mean, hundred yards. And, uh, it was 116 and one is what he did against the Jaguars last time they played each other. Um, I mean, this guy's just been an absolute beast. He has uh, seven of his last game, eight, seven of last eight games. He has over a hundred rushing yards, which as you know, on DraftKings gets you the bonus and only one of those games, he didn't have a touchdown. So his floor right now is basically what's that 21 or 13, 19 fancy points. Yeah, man. Um, that's Good. just like his floor right now. Which, yeah. But it, that's it, like,
0: but that's like a two X almost, you know? So it's like with his pricing though, it's like 20 points is like, it, it, it doesn't kill you, but 20 points out of JT at 9,300 is, is, is not necessarily smash.
1: Yeah. But I mean, it's tough without a lot of other value out there, um, which we are
0: having trouble finding. So yeah. This leads me to,
1: you know, I, that, I think the, the, the issue the, I have with Jonathan Taylor I, I, is he's not that active in the passing game. Not at all. And not lately. He has one reception total in the last four games. And that we, part, don't like to that. me, lowers the upside at 9,300. Um, and that that's what I would lean against because there's so many good plays in the mid-range. We, we're not playing Jonathan Taylor, folks. Um, <laughs>
0: but let's, let's you know, and, and I think this this... This is a good conversation because we are now, you know, entering the running back kind of range. Cause like we're, we're not playing JT, but then like, you know, we, we you know, feel free to come back on me on this, but the next guys down the list, Alvin Kamara, 83, probably not Chubb, 79, probably not Delvin, 78, probably not still Aaron Jones, 73. No Najee 72. I'm not doing it. Madison 69. What? No, but now we get into this range of these mid-tier running backs, where there's multiple really good plays. There's a lot for Lou and I to talk about here. And let's kick it off here at the top uh, of this kind of mid-range, and I'll say David Montgomery is the top of that mid-range. It's 6,800. I know you and I are both big fans of playing Montgomery this week and have been in the past weeks. Um, Any, uh, you know, 6,800 Montgomery, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, he's he's just been such a solid play each and every week. Um, last week, another two touchdowns, uh, had less work in the passing game, but he's pretty much just everything on the bears offense right now. They're just so in shambles and, um, it's Andy Dalton. Who's going to be a QB this week, which I think probably helps Montgomery, um, just the fact that you want to have someone like Justin Fields getting rush attempts away from you. Not that that matters all that much. But um, Montgomery pretty much has a floor of 23, 25 touches right now. Um, and they're facing Minnesota. Neither of these teams have any shot at anything. It's it's a lot of pride. But um, I think the likelihood of him getting hundred rush yards like he he has only done that twice this year so he doesn't really have the upside as it's, much it's, as it's maybe the, some of these It's the goal guys. line and the reception Um right it's it's the fact that before last week when they they were just ahead all game um he had 5 plus catches in four straight games so you're playing it for the fact that he's likely going to get like 60 80 rushing yards you hope and all, and all like the touchdowns and like five catches so I mean, right there, his five catches for say thirty yards that makes up the difference of the say eighty yards less he gets than Jonathan his, Taylor his, his, his for twenty five hundred less. His
0: pass work is a touchdown. You know, like the points he gets in the passing game is equivalent to a touchdown.
1: Um, yeah, the it, it, like idea that if if we get like a one eighty in a touchdown game out of um. Jonathan Taylor, if Montgomery gets 80 yards and five catches, he makes up the difference in there anyway.
0: And and you save an incredible amount of money in a a week when we need it. Um, We like Montgomery. Next player I want to go down to is going to be uh, Connor, 63. There's no Edmonds. And when Connor is in the game with no Edmonds, I mean he's also getting similar pass work to Montgomery. Um, he's also, as we've seen all year long, clearly the goal line back. I mean, they're they're turning him up, turning to Connor in the goal line more than I ever expected. I mean, the guy's been an absolute touchdown machine. And when Edmonds is out, it's just easy money. And I know he's questionable. He's been, I think, it's a heel injury. He's been nursing for the last two weeks. I believe he's been a game time decision in the last two weeks, at least last week. He was for sure. I'm expecting him to play. There's chance he doesn't, so we'll definitely keep an eye out for that, folks. But. You know James Conner at six thousand three hundred, in, in and you know pretty much a, a must win game here for the these Arizona Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals are in a situation where they can win the NFC West, um, and they can be anywhere from a two seed to a five seed, like we talked about with Kyler. So it's it's, it's a pretty big deal here for the Cardinals. So with with a, you know with a, a Conner plays, um, you know it's twenty touches, pretty locked in at sixty three on a pretty good offense. I mean, things are looking good uh, in terms of me wanting to play James Conner. Do you agree?
1: Yeah. And we've seen it in the past with, with Edmonds out what type of upside James Conner has and in the full-time back role, he's a very similar play to a Montgomery. um, Except we know this game is, is likely to be competitive throughout uh, both teams trying and wanting to win. And that's likely going to go through a lot of Connor, at least through the, um, the running back position. And we know James Conner can catch the ball out of the backfield. Yeah. Uh, we also know he gets goal line touches as well. So um, Conner is a pretty good play. Uh, the The one issue is, yes, he's coming back from injury, um, somewhat concerned, but I don't know. Like we even saw when um, Edmonds was there without Conner, that he had a pretty solid role and, and, um, uh, it seems like the Cardinals running back position itself is a pretty set in stone. Uh, They want to give James Conner the ball in this game and facing the Seahawks. Like it's also just a pretty solid matchup for that.
0: Go to 6k. Uh, I think there's two guys here. I mean, they're both good plays. So I, I, the end of the day, if you wanted to play both, I don't think it would be a bad situation, but we have Sonny Michelle at 6K and Devin Singletary at 6K. Devin Singletary, likely one of the highest owned running backs, if not the highest owned running back on the slate. Um, Not only has he been that dude, even with Moss active, um, they're playing the Jets, which we know are absolutely free money against uh, running backs. And then Sonny Michelle, um, Henderson's on IR, but Cam Akers is coming back. Could be wrong here, but I think Lou and I are both in agreement that, you know, we don't expect a lot from Cam Akers. I think it's going to be great to see him back. I expect, you know, Tim to get, you know, five to eight touches. Like, it's going to be awesome um, for him to recover from that kind of injury. But at the same time, like, I I find it really hard to believe that they're just going to fire up Cam Akers for a large workload after this Achilles tear and an almost miraculous recovery. So, um, you know, you can play both, but I think we have an opinion here um, in terms of Singletary 6K and Sony 6K.
1: Yeah, this is uh, – we've named four guys who I kind of want all of them. You can only play at, at most three running backs in your lineup. I think the Sonny Michelle versus Singletary argument is going to be uh, big this week as far as getting it right. Um, you basically – the other reason why I'm between Josh Allen and, and uh, Kyler is – It's kind of the thought, which of those two I do pick the other running back. Um, It's probably how I would build at least like a tournament team. Um, But to me, like, I think people are overweighting this acres coming back thing. And Sony's still just going to be the guy in a game that they want to win and going to be pretty competitive with. So I mean, it's I mean,
0: if they want to win, it's like a must-win, man. I mean, they have to win this game to clinch the NFC West and the two seed. I mean, this yeah. is, I mean um, if they lose. If they lose this game, they could fall to the five. I mean, it's 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 a big, it's a very big deal for the Rams here.
1: Yeah, but also like in in these past five weeks, when Sony's become like the guy there, um, his lowest rush total is is seventy four yards, which is it's like higher than. Montgomery has been getting gets higher than um what these other guys have been getting and we know the likelihood of uh touchdowns are also there for Sony and um he just seems he seems more likely like Singletary could easily just give up his touchdown upside by Josh Allen rushing in two more touchdowns this week like i know singletary still had his his two rushing touchdowns last week but um to me i just feel like josh allen could take way more away from singletary than stafford is taking away from uh sony
0: yep and i think we know the bills have a propensity to throw the ball in general um we talk about josh allen taking away absolutely agree but i also think the bills um you know, we, we know they're more of a capacity team, I and mean, the, the Rams have been passing them off, Stafford, don't get me wrong, but it's just a little bit scarier there. Um, and, and we're talking Sony and, and Singletary, two guys who see a similar workloads in terms of being some bell cows at this point in time. Um, you know, I'm leaning Sony over Singletary. I think fading Singletary is probably one of my bolder calls this week in cash, um, especially because he plays the Jets and people are going to think I'm insane. But um, I think that is the direction that I am heading. Um in terms of other running backs, Lou, um, you know, just uh, we talked about the Bucks real quick. I expect Keyshawn Vaughn to be at least somewhat popular with
1: with No Rojo here. Is there
0: interest in Keyshawn
1: Vaughn? Um, I think he's all right. He's not like blowing off the table for me. And like between him and Samaji Piran, it's just this goes back to. Um, Kind of a point from earlier, where there's going to be a lot of backups in these games because people are sitting; they're they're getting their rest. Um, most of the the teams and players, I think, compared to some other weeks, like there aren't. There's only a couple teams that are really sitting guys, um, outside of like injuries. And to me, I think people are going to want to play Vaughn as sort of the the trendy play, and then there's just. He's 5,300. Like, if he's under 5K, I think I'd consider it more. But if he doesn't have that 55-yard rush the other week, like, would we even really be considering him in this spot? No, no, we're not. I just Um, want to
0: bring him up because he's popular, but I think he's a fade for us both.
1: Yeah, like, would you just play P. Ryan instead? Like, if if you want to. I would
0: rather play P. Ryan because Bengals have nothing to play for. They can't improve their lot with a victory. (laughs) Bringing i just
1: gonna keep dumping it off, too. yeah.
0: I mean, I like P. Ryan. As, as a, I mean, I don't, he's not a guy that's like necessarily in my pool, but um, I think he could be decent. I think we could see some Chris Evans, but two yeah. other guys, real quick. Um, first is going to be Antonio Gibson at 58 and Deontay Foreman at 57. I expect Gibson to be a pretty popular play just considering they're playing the Giants. Um, you know, he's been that guy, he's been getting the volume. And then Dante Foreman, I think, is interesting because like he, at least in my opinion, you know, he has been a pretty solid back. Like, I don't want to say he's been great, but at the same time, like, you know, 26 attempts last in, in week 17, yet 22 attempts in week 15. It's definitely not there through the air, but the price is digestible. But I think what it comes down to is the Titans are, at, are fucking out here playing for, the, like, they're out here playing for their life. Like, the Titans are playing for a buy. Like, there is yeah. nothing more important going to the playoffs oh, than a buy. Yeah. If the Titans win this game against the Texans, which they probably should have seen crazier, but if the Titans win this game and they get the bye, they will likely open up their playoffs with Derrick Henry back. And to me, that is there. There's a. I mean, it's actually I was about to say there's no more important player to a team than Derrick Henry. But I mean, Titans have been getting it done without Derrick Henry, so maybe that's a false statement. But we know what Derrick Henry is. We know he's capable of. We know that the Titans' offense revolves around. Derrick Henry. So a Titans win would mean that Derrick Henry starts the first playoff game for the Titans in this, in this season. So, you know, there's something that, that speaks to me where there's kind of a gut call where I'm like, the Titans are out there for blood. Um, you know I mean? The, the, their coach is, is on record saying he would cut his dick off for a Super Bowl. Um, so you got, you got to think that they're out there trying to absolutely do everything they can to win because they want to clinch his pie. So with that said, we got Gibson on one hand where, you know, he's been pretty solid getting the volume. And then we have Foreman who, who we've seen over 20, 20 carries uh, twice over the last three weeks. Your thoughts on these two.
1: Yeah. I think um, for me, I'm probably going to end up fading Gibson. It seems like he's going to be pretty highly owned. And um, I like the points that you're making about Foreman uh, for basically the same price. I also think, um, the way that they've been using Foreman has been pretty similar to like a Henry role. And th- if they get ahead in this game, which I mean, they're facing the Texans. I think we expect them to be ahead in this game. Um We could see him getting 20 plus carries. Like he's, he's gotten a hundred yards, three separate games and has pretty much solidified himself as uh, the top running option. And, we know the Titans like they, I mean, I don't want to say they hate throwing the ball, but they definitely prefer to run the ball down their throats, especially if they get a lead. So, um, I been, they could, it's right. Like game flow wise, um, he could easily get another hundred yards touchdown in this game. And 20 carries. Um, the downside risk is he doesn't really, like, he's not going to catch you any balls out of the backfield, maybe one or two, but, um, Derrick Henry wasn't really doing that much either. And this is 5,700 for in games where they get ahead, you're getting Derrick Henry. So that's where, to me, like I think I prefer Foreman. Um, the other guy also in this range who I feel like I'm not seeing much about uh, is Eli Mitchell, who's also at well, He came back and Belk got the shit out of it. Yeah. and we already a game like that, that game. matters.
0: In a, in a game that absolutely matters. I it's think- one of
1: the games we, we're trying to target. And that 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 Titans-Texans game, I mean, as much as we're saying, like, the Titans want to win that game, like, that could easily just be a very slow-moving game because of it.
0: Because the Rams win this game. The Rams 49ers play each other at 4 o'clock. Rams win this game, they clinch the NFC West in the number two seed. They could lose this game and slide to the five. The 49ers haven't even clinched a playoff spot yet. They are playing for their fucking life right now. Um, so like this is a game. It's also a late game, which makes it a bit more interesting because it's a four o'clock yeah. game. Um,
1: if you're if you're trailing, and you need to make up points. Like Eli Mitchell could be a great pivot he's the play. Pivot. He's the pivot. Um, and if you're playing like afternoon only slates or something, like he's definitely I mean, it, one of those great leverage plays yeah. this week. I think.
0: I mean, it's like he came back from an injury. He was out for four weeks. Twenty-one attempts, two targets. Like his, pay, you know, his he's role in the past in the game, too. his role in the past game has been a little bit questionable. There's been some weeks when he's seen five grown, six targets, yeah. But it, it, you're not banking on the targets. But I mean, we're seeing, you know, in, in a in a good offense. I mean, are great in some regards, um, especially especially if Trey Lance doesn't play. Um, you know, there's there's no fear of you know Jimmy G taking any of those. Rush attempts, rushing, Jimmy G's yeah. the starter, um, you know, 20, 20, 20 to 25 rush attempts and 100 yards and a touchdown as well within the range outcomes for Eli Mitchell. So I do kind of like bringing up that call, especially considering it's a 4 o'clock game in and in a game where there's a lot on the line for both teams.
1: Yeah. See, he's basically the only other guy that I was looking at and thinking, like, why aren't people really talking about him much? Um, but for me... I feel like running back, at least this week, the only thing I would mention that um, I was thinking about before was we keep talking about, oh, like we're expecting James Conner to play. If James Conner doesn't play and Eno Benjamin is 4K, that might become like,
0: that might become the
1: savings that we're looking for in the slate. It's not like the prettiest play, but it's 15 touches. It's 15 touches. It's 15 touches. And, And he probably would get some of the past work too. Yeah, so for sure I think um, that's just something to note because as of now, I'm not really trying to play anyone below Foreman, at yep. least at running back.
0: Yeah. I think we're pretty
1: much uh, – it was a good running back chat.
0: Pool of five running backs, Lou.
1: Five. Uh, I'll do Montgomery, Connor, Sonny Michelle, Foreman, and – how third Eli Mitchell is though? Ooh, I
0: thought you'd go Gibson or Singletary there. I, I mean, so no, like,
1: I, it, it's it's bold. Like, I I mean, not. I, think playing I just si- want to take a stand there.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm cool taking that stand, and I'm with you. But I mean, we're 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 essentially fading what we would, um, you know, suspect Gibson and especially Singletary to be, you know, some of the top I mean. bone, top on running back. So I, I I like taking a bold stand here, Lou. Um, let's shift to the wide receivers where it gets pretty fucking dicey um it's it's tough to find any save like we I think it's tough to find savings at wide receiver this week than it is at running back in in some regard um so let's just shift over I mean I I feel like we at least got to start at the top because we got to talk about these guys um you know we uh, Devontae Adams I have no interest in at 9400 the Packers have nothing to play for I don't think he's just out for me but um Let's do the arbitrary cutoff at Diggs at 78. So we have Cooper Cup at 97. Uh, Cooper Cup's in a really interesting spot because I know we have an extra game, but Cooper Cup needs 136 receiving yards to break the single season record and 171 to hit 2K. And Cup has been just been getting it done with 115 yards uh, on average every single week. The touchdowns have always been there, hence the 9,700 price tag. Um So, I mean, and then let's talk about Cup first. I mean, how are you handling Cooper Cup? Like, it's like he's been a cash smash, but the price is also up there. So, you know, we kind of had a conversation about, like, JT. And, you know, we're just not fitting him into the lineups this week. Do you have a similar view of Cooper Cup, or or do you want to get him in there?
1: For me, I think I'd prefer getting Cup over Taylor just because we have so many running backs that are in that mid-range that I can go to off of Taylor, whereas in – the wide receivers, like we were looking at this earlier and there's just not really much to pay up for at wide receiver. It's like Cooper cup or you drop down below like eight K and even just saying that out loud is like, why am I playing Cooper cup? So um, it's hard to fit him. Maybe if we got someone like, you know, Benjamin um, as a potential play, like the problem is there's there's teams like the Packers and Bengals who are just playing backups who they probably have a bunch of these guys that are literally minimum price players who you could throw in, but I wouldn't feel that that confident about it. So to me, like there's the narrative around Cup, and like he's he's probably gonna get 20 plus fantasy points, like he does like, every other week. Um and the thing at 9,700 is if he's not getting 35 fantasy points, then I don't know if he's going to hurt you that much this week because it's a lot harder to fit him. I think people are going to to push off of it. Um, still, there's people out there who first thing you do, just lock Cooper Cup in your lineup. And it's so, a good strategy. It's um, a good
0: strategy. In cash. Just lock really in is.
1: 25 fantasy points. So we saw it with, like, Michael Thomas in years past as well. But um, – to me, I'm probably gonna lean against it because I for what is it? Uh sixteen sixteen hundred less, you get Justin Jefferson, who instead of logging in twenty-five points, you're locking in fifteen with the upside of forty. So to me, like Justin Jefferson is in a smash spot in general against Minnesota. With no feeling. Um, and right, as him being the alpha. Just the guy, like, he has five straight games with uh, at least 10 targets. And to me, like, there's nothing that's telling me he would get any less He's getting
0: over a 30% target share. Like, that's that's happening. So, I mean, like, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like, for Cooper Cup to be 1,600 more than Jester Jefferson this week, I think they're a lot closer in terms of their production that we see than that 1,600 would indicate.
1: Yeah. And the last time these two teams faced each other, it was a surprisingly low game is 17, nine. He did have 10 targets, but only four catches. Like if he makes the makes out of that game with, you know, seven catches, then he probably would have had a hundred yards. So yep. um, to me, like they're at home, they're indoors versus if they were playing this game in Chicago in the winter, like I might be thinking of it a little differently, but um, to me, I think I would just take the 1600 savings and go to Jefferson.
0: And then right around that range, Stephon Diggs. I think he's a sneakier play this week. I expect his ownership to be quite low, considering everyone's going to be focused on their playing the Jets and easy against the rush, some Josh Allen, um, some Singletary. But, you know, Stefan Diggs, 7,800. There's, there's a lot of on the line for him this week. You know, he has two huge incentives in his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, one's pretty doable, one's not. So he needs six receptions um, to hit 100, and that's $1. $1.5 million bonus. So six receptions almost feels like a lock. I feel like Josh Allen's going to want to get him that 1.5 million. The other one for another 1.5 million is 231 receiving yards. Probably not going to happen, but in a world where he does see 231 receiving yards, um, he gets another one and a half million. So there's $3 million on the line right now for Stefan Diggs in this game if he goes over six receptions and 231 yards or more. So there is some belief I'd like to have that Josh Allen is going to want to at least, you know, throw some targets, uh, throw some balls to Fondigs' way so we can at least catch six balls um, and get that 1.5 million. Um, And I think, you know, us fading Singletary, we have to at least, um, you know, recognize that we have to be on the passing side of this game. I mean, they're the Bills are, um, you know, Vegas has them scoring 28 points, that's four touchdowns. And if we're fading Singletary, we're kind of saying that those are all going to go through the air. So, There's got to be some interest in Diggs, Lou.
1: Yeah, I think based on what you said, like, I expect them to get him those six catches. I don't expect the 200 plus yards, but, um, like, six catches, 110 yards is, like, very much on the table for him. Um, The problem I have with Diggs is he, he just, like, he'll get all these targets and all these catches, but, He only has two games this year over 100 yards. So that's where this, like, 200-yard thing is is probably not going to happen. But, I mean, if he comes out of this game with, like, six catches, 80 yards, and touchdown, like, he's been getting targeted um, in the the red zone a lot. So um, for me, I think 7,800, like, he's another guy I'm looking at. Uh, I think I'd either play him... He's the guy I'd be playing in, in these, like, Allen stacks because you're spending a lot to do it, and uh, that's going to get you a little different than some of these others who they're playing, like, the Huntleys, and, and they have an extra you know, 3,000. Um, so I think if I'm if I'm playing Allen stacks, I want to have digs in there. Um, and then... I don't know. I still think I lean... Jefferson, because I think his upside is greater uh, than Diggs with with Beasley back. Um, I think that somewhat limits the upside of Diggs. Like comparatively, like mm-hmm. feeling's not there. Jefferson's gonna have a higher percent chance of getting touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think Jefferson has a higher ceiling, but Diggs might might even be safer in cash because we can pretty much pencil in six receptions just because of the incentive alone.
0: Yep. You know, in the second time here, let's just rattle off some some wide receivers that we have a lot of interest in. I'll start things off. Christian Kirk, 6K. We talked about Kyler. We talked about this matchup. Must win here. Cardinals, um, Seahawks. Um, you know, his, he hasn't really been the deep threat as much, but like at the same time, like we can expect a 22, 23% target share for Kirk since alpha Hopkins has been out. Yeah. Like he's, he's borderline alpha at this point in time. So for the target share that, that Christian Kirk, has been seen with, with Hopkins out. I mean it's it's like the last three games have been nine, 9 12 in terms of targets um against a pretty weak Seahawks defense. So at six K, he's one of the first wide receivers I'm locking in my lineups. Your thoughts on Kirk and throw another one back to me.
1: Yeah. Um I really like Kirk. I think he's he's pretty safe as far as cash goes. Um you know three straight games where he's getting at least six receptions and like fifty yards and for six six K like we're talking very similar expectation as what we were talking with digs really. And just less likely of of touchdowns, I guess is, is the big difference. So um, you're saving a couple thousand to get onto Kirk, but um, he seems like the first wide receiver that I'm trying to get in, in cash. Um, And then for me, like, if you're not going to do digs like in cash, uh, the reason I another reason why I kinda like the, the Jefferson idea is I can also just get a decent amount of um exposure to the Bills offense by going with Gabriel Davis and hoping he's the guy that catches, catches the touchdowns, the touchdowns or mm-hmm. just in general um has been getting more targets as of late. Uh now
0: Manuel likelihood... Is now cool.
1: The likelihood is is Sanders is out. Yeah. If Sanders were to play, like, that obviously hurts it. But at the same time, like, Davis is becoming more of, like, an ever-down kind of guy who um, should be out there, has an easy matchup. We've seen over the last few weeks especially getting more targets um, in the end zone. So for 4,900, there's, there's not a ton of guys in that range under 5K – that are too exciting this week but for me like a matchup against the jets in a game that the bills are trying to win at home um i like gabriel davis as a cheaper guy
0: and then um go through the list i think aj brown is interesting at 7k um you know i don't think he's much of a cash play because obviously we know the floor has not been great, but like when he blows up, he absolutely blows up. I mean, games where he blows up, it's insane. Like he has like over fifty percent target share, over seventy percent of Tan Hill's yards. Like Tan Hill just has not been good this year. Um, but at the same time, like the blow up games are there, and for a game where we talked about where the Titans are in an absolute must win situation, you know what's stopping them from just throwing the ball at AJ AJ Brown, you know, thirteen to fifteen times because they absolutely have to win if the ground game is not working. Against these Texans. So, you know, I, I don't think I'm playing him in cash. I wouldn't talk you out of it, but I do, um, you know, kind of like A.J. Brown. And then there's the second one to get us moving. You know, Brandon Cooks, 6,300. Um,
1: good play every do single week. You play week, him man. in cash any week. Every single
0: week, and it's fine. I mean, he's playing Tennessee Titans. It's free fucking money. It's an easy matchup. He's their dude. So I think A.J. Brown and Brandon Cooks are two other dudes I like.
1: Yeah, I think um, A.J. Brown, we know what the ceiling is. Obviously, the hardest part. When you're we're picking, AJ Brown is like, is Tannehill gonna throw the ball enough? And um, to me, I almost think if you're gonna play AJ Brown, you should just do it and play Tannehill, and just try to correlate the two together and hope that we get a game that Tannehill throws it over 30 times and throws it over 200 yards and and like the game a couple of weeks ago when um, AJ Brown had the 34 fantasy points where you're trying to really correlate a game that uh, maybe the Texans are a little more competitive. So you're playing like Tannehill with both those guys and hoping that it's like 33 to 37 kind of game. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't hate to play. Like I I won't do it in cash. Like you're saying, Um, I'd probably lean Deontay Johnson if I'm looking at in that range. Um, The other guys I wanted to note going back to our, our Tom Brady points before, um, I think if Brady is going to have one of these these big games, it's going to have something to do with the Panthers fighting back a little bit. So DJ Moore, 5,800, he, he still gets a ton of targets, and we know any given play, he could just break off mm-hmm. um, a big gain. And his floor still is like 12 to 15 fantasy points. So 5,800 getting still plenty of games over 10 targets. Um, I like... The DJ Moore idea, and if you want to save some money, like Robbie Anderson is forty five hundred. Um, he is listed as questionable, but I I think he would play. Um, and I believe the stat is there have been two millimakers here that have had Robbie Anderson, Anderson on Anderson, it. Yeah, um, which like I don't know, you probably can't even name um those specific weeks or anything, but uh, yeah, he. He has had a game this year, his best game this year, seven for 81 and a touchdown. Um, But in the past, we have seen him get, he's fast and has um, the big play upside as well. So if you're, if you're looking for other darts, I think he makes some sense in uh, Brady stacks because you're going to need to save money and um, in that stack specifically, because of Brady and, and Gronk or Evans, whoever you're stacking him with. So um what do you think about the those Panthers guys? Like
0: I like the call. I like the call. I mean especially if we're gonna you know I think it's a great bring back especially if we're gonna say Brady's out here balling to try to get Gronk and Evans the records and incentives and get his own incentives. Yeah. That that only happens if the Panthers are competitive. Um I'm asking for your pool, get things moving along here Lou yeah. pool of five wide receivers.
1: Emilio Jefferson Kirk Gabriel Davis, uh, Cooks, and I'll say Diggs. The only other guy that I wanted to mention, actually, I forgot, was um, Rashad Bateman's another guy under 5K, 4900. He obviously correlates with with Huntley if you're going to be playing him. Um, But a lot of these wide receivers are – play whoever you want, basically, in some of these spots. Tight
0: end position moving over to it. You know, it, it's there's not a lot. I, I personally don't have a lot of interest in going to the top. I know we talked about Gronk, like we like the records. I think in some GPPs, if you want to go Gronk 63, feel free, but I'm going to be looking a bit lower this week. Um, you know, that, that brings me to um, let's start low range here, but there's two guys I'm interested in. It's gonna be Cole 3400, Dalton's seen a pepper in the past. You know, easy to see him catch six, seven balls here. Maybe not for a lot of yards, but at 3,400, he can easily pay off. And then if you want to go a little lower in that, if you need the 400 savings, John Bates, um, no RSJ. We've seen Bates yeah. kind of take over the role from RSJ, even when RSJ was playing. But now there's no RSJ. I expect John Bates to be the full-time tight end here. He's got a little bit of punch to him. He's got a little bit of movement. He's not just kind of like a catch-and-fall tight end. So I think there's some interest in some – um Target's going John Bates's way. I think I would ultimately lead Comet because I do believe that, you know, Comet will likely command a larger target share at $3,400. Um, but what are your thoughts on Comet Bates, and is there a cheaper tight end in this range that you like?
1: Yeah, it's basically those two that I'm looking at. Uh, I think you can always kind of throw darts at, at some of these guys, and if you can just make a story out of it or just whoever your quarterback is, just try to find uh, – another guy there who, who might throw to he even with someone like Brady, like uh we've seen it in the past where even if Gronk is there playing and healthy, like he still throws the ball to Brady. Brady has uh, last two games. He has a touchdown each. So, I mean, if you're, if you're looking for darts, like I generally lean on the side of correlate it with your quarterback. Uh, but it's basically Bates and commit for me, uh, or I'm going up, which is a little different than I than I usually do. I mean, Tyler Higby, I think is is pretty solid at 4 Another another uh, six, six catches, 69. nine target. Was it six catches, nine targets for sixty nine? Very nice stat line last week. Which I mean, he still has the same price as he was, and this is a matchup that we have been talking. We're expecting it to be a good game, so maybe. Instead of going to commit, if you can find that 600, just get up to Higby. Um, potentially in the works. The other guys who I kind of like is Ertz, 5,300. Um, he's a guy I like to put with, with Kyler. He's pretty much going to get you five catches for 40 yards at, at least. Um, and then Kyle Pitts. Uh, Kyle Pitts is right now listed as questionable, but um. He's going for some rookie records as well yep. for tight ends. And I think it, yeah, he's already Mike, hit a thousand yards.
0: Yeah, Mike Dick's record. I believe he needs sixty yards to, to beat it. So yeah, I think I think it. it was fifty nine to tie. Let, let, um,
1: the the thing with with Pitts is he isn't he has one touchdown in the year, so his upside like isn't really there. But I don't think anyone's playing him. All uh, right, let's get moving. Uh, tight end pool three. I'm gonna do de- commit. Uh, Bates and Ertz. Let's finish things off here. Defense special teams, I think, you know, I think the obvious play
0: here is the Browns, 2600. Defense is still pretty solid. Um, And the fact that Cincinnati is likely resting, the Burroughs not playing, Mixon's not playing. Um, We don't know about the wide receivers that are going to be playing. I hope the wide receivers don't play too much. They're playing backups. So 2600, pretty solid defense. It's a pretty obvious play for me. I also like the Washington football team, 3100. You know, I, I, you're going to have like, basically I'm playing the Browns at 2600. I don't think there's any other question about that, but I, I would be interested in the Washington football team playing against the Giants because they, they're terrible uh, thoughts on defense closes out.
1: Yeah. The Browns easy makes sense. Kind of goes with like, <laughs> it's odd that every week we bring up the Lions defense, but I mean, they're 2400 and facing backups for the, the Packers. So um, somewhat misraised. you could argue. Or else you just, I don't know, for me, probably just go up and play, pick someone in that, uh, mid range, like the Ravens at 32 phasing big Ben and, you know, his last game or expected last game. you never know. Um, and I don't know, or you like correlate it with, with one of these running backs, like, like the bears, um, last week, they were a pretty solid play and the Vikings aren't all that exciting. Um, in general and so i kind of like the bears at 2700 i think so many people are going to click on the browns that if you just want to do something different um the bears like you probably have 100 dollars that you can find in your lineup to do it so um i think if i'm not going to play the browns i'm currently leading bears especially since i'm likely playing montgomery
0: final thoughts week 18 lou
1: yeah, this is going to be a fun week. It's usually a lot more wild on the last week of the season, but um, I'm excited for it.
0: All right, that's going to do it. Daily Destroyer, DFS Show, Dynasty Warzone Network. Follow us on Twitter at FFTylerO and at Lou Dog Sherman. That's all we have today, folks. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later.
1: When we add up
0: all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. If we win one today, that's
1: two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.